Hey, it's Tessa. Welcome. This podcast is for all the people. Here in Austin, we're still in this beginning of the new normal. Thanks to COVID and spread of the coronavirus. And it's impacted us all in different ways. For me, it's slowed my quest to record three to four podcasts a month. I had this novel concept that I would record podcasts from home, but I also have two pugs at home and a puggle, an accidental puggle. And I don't know if you've ever been around pugs, but they snore and they snort and they sniff a lot and it's adorable to me. But I don't know how well this lovely microphone would go about capturing pug snores and whether or not you really want that in the background. My guess is probably not because I don't know how that would sound to you, non-pug loving people. And then, you know, throw in the, the puggle who, if she hears a noise, she is going to let everybody know that she is there to protect us because she is at heart a beagle and we will hear her bark. So it's only been when I've been brave enough to go into the office and I am here today. So here we are. Let's move forward with the podcast. I'm thinking, I've been, there is everybody. I've been thinking about the new normal. I'm excited about it. I love innovation. I love that we can see what we have been doing and how we can make it more efficient or more effective or make it perform in ways that we want, how we can adapt what we were doing to fit different fact patterns and fit different environments. I think it's exciting. I think it's a way to improve. I think it's a way to hone our skill sets. I think it's opportunity to, you know, pivot and change who you are. And those are all good things in my way, in my mind. For me, it's a lot like starting the school all over, right? Like thinking about when you go to university, the idea of, in theory, leaving all your friends and going someplace where you don't know very many people. I mean, you can be whoever you want. All those preconceived notions about you, gone. You can define yourself. You can become whatever you want. And that's exciting. Those things are exciting. It was exciting just, you know, starting a new grade with different classmates and different kids. And I will confess that I was a nerd, am a nerd. I love learning. I don't know why. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think it should be considered a bad thing. Nor do I think being a self-confessed nerd is a bad thing. So I think this time of new innovation and this new normal, it's time where I can push myself to learn more. Make improvements that I think are necessary for myself and for my business. And how do I achieve my goals in this new parameters and in many ways I think it makes it easier to achieve a lot of goals in these parameters because we have to think outside the box and it's so easy when you just go about your day-to-day to just continue along the path that has been there before or that you've seen others trudge but that's not how success is achieved you don't achieve success by doing what everyone else is doing you achieve success by you know, embarking through a new path because you're providing something new that customers, clients want and need. So how do we take the lessons that we're learning during this time of pivot and reflection and how do we 
make the new normal the best that it can be for us. How do we take how we see ourselves, how others see us, and how the public sees us, and how do we reconcile those to then move forward in this new normal? You know, going back to the school analogy, I remember people saying things like, oh, no girl will ever get an A in calculus, or that AP history teacher gives no one an A. My attitude back then is pretty much the same as my attitude now, which is, okay, I'm going to prove all of you people wrong. And I did. And I don't like the idea that people say those things, right? Like, it, whether or not pre-COVID it was people in business saying, well, this is how it's always been done. Just because it's always been done that way doesn't mean it's right. And just because no girl ever got an A in calculus doesn't mean I'm not going to change that. So let's go, th- let's go through it. Let's change it. Let's think about breaking down those limitations that others put on us and that sometimes we internalize and we may put on ourselves. Because limits don't help us get anywhere. Limits don't help us achieve what we want to achieve. Limits don't help us move to the next level. Whatever that is for you. I also want to be clear that wherever you were before COVID wasn't a peak, right? So like thinking about that show from the, I think the 90s, Married with Children, right? Very classic sitcom thing. But it was about a interesting, unusual family. And the father peaked in high school and kept reliving it over and over and over again. You know what? Let's think about... Our new war, our new normal moving forward in a way so that what happened before, we're not acting like Ed Bundy from Married with Children. We're not acting like that was the peak of everything beforehand. Let's move forward like the world is our oyster. We can achieve anything. And the way things used to be, let's just think of them as they weren't perfect. And they weren't great. So let's decide and design something that is perfect and is great. So how do we do that? I was thinking about that on my drive in to my solo office where I only breathe, hopefully, the air that is recirculating in my little space continuously, besides the few times that I jaunt down the hall. And so as I was driving, I was thinking, how do we get there? How do people get excited about the new normal because we should be it should be very exciting so how do we because we're spending so much time with ourselves recently because of covid how do we identify how we see ourselves and how do we use that to move forward and then when we're talking about ideas with other people how do we use what they think of us to move forward And that thought process led me to think of, there's this Japanese expression, I'm probably not going to get it right, but the idea is that the Japanese say we have three faces. The first face, I think, is the face that we show to our world, or the world. The second face is the face that we show to our close friends and family. And the third face, you never show anyone, and the Japanese saying goes that that's the truest reflection of you. Um, hmm. as a 
Northern European-minded, self-reliant, self-assured Westerner. I'm a little troubled by the idea that the truest reflection isn't shown to anybody. So I'm going to tweak this a little bit for my purposes here, because I can. I think we have the face that we... I think we have how we see ourselves, and we have how those we love see us, and then we have how the general public sees us, which mirrors somewhat the Japanese expression. I'm not going to limit it to family because I think nowadays family is they should be viewed as a broad term so it should be everybody you love how do those people see you so we have these three how the public sees us how the people we love see us and how we see ourselves so which one should be making decisions I'm not necessarily sure at this point in time at least from my drive-in this morning which one is the right? And I don't know that necessarily one has to be right. Because I think that means that the others are wrong and that doesn't seem accurate. I think we are all three of them. But how do we get the best out of all three of them? And how do we find which one we should listen to and when we should listen to them? So I was thinking about it for myself, because right, because I, in theory, should know myself better than I know anyone else, and I like to think that I do. I know that I am hardest on myself, that I do my best not to limit myself, but I can limit myself in ways that I'm not, that I don't even recognize. And I think I'm still very much that five-year-old who showed up at an elementary school in Oklahoma speaking multiple languages and wearing clogs with wooden soles. So, simple to say, I did not fit in. Because let me tell you, clogs in an elementary school in Oklahoma are loud. And I, by nature, am not a loud person. It was a strange experience. It still is, thinking back on it, a strange experience. I am still that... You know, did not want to fit in, do not care about fitting in, I'm going to beat to my own drummer type of person. But I also think of myself as free thinking. I think of myself as fearless, but I'm analytical. And I think that analytical side is the one that can limit me. And for 99% of the time, I'm going to see the best in everything. I'm going to give myself 1%, maybe 2% on a bad day. But overall, I'm going to see something good. I'm going to, I love the people I love unconditionally, which probably means I put them all on pedestals. But you know what? I'd rather put them on pedestals and watch them become even better than to judge them. I, I like knowing that they can be better because I love them all unconditionally. And we need people in our life that, offer that unconditional love and support. So that's me for the people I love. So we thought about how I see myself. Now I'm thinking about how my life partner sees me. For me, it tends to be a little overwhelming because I think he has a even better, he has a better view of me, better meaning I don't know. Do I want to say rosier? Do I want to say polished? 
Or let's say I see myself as an independent film and he sees me as this like lovely, well-produced European film that could garner, you know, an award at con or something. So his glasses, when he sees me aren't rosy, they are like gold-covered statues, which is lovely. And I wouldn't change it for the world. So I think he sees me as independent, smart, capable of anything that I put my mind to. And without question, he sees my abilities as limitless. I, on the other hand, have a nature to not intentionally limit myself, but I can unintentionally limit myself. When I, for instance, I'm trying to think of a way to explain that even better. I think when I might otherwise say to myself, I need to break, I need a break and I need to, I need a break from busting down stereotypes or I need a break from busting through glass ceilings or I need a break of supporting unconditionally someone else. He's the one who will give me the fuel to know that and tell me that I can do more because he sees that in me. So in many ways, he's like that annoying trainer at the gym who uses so much great positive reinforcement that he can turn me into a highly functioning machine because he sees no limits for me. And he 100% believes it. And he makes me realize when I put limits on myself and he gets very frustrated with it when I never understand where the limits are. And so at least to some interesting conversations. And I love this is how he views me. I wish I had viewed myself more like that, that. That kind of innate view that where I set my goals could be even higher. That's what he sees. And I think other people who love me, I think their views range from I'm hyper capable to... I would say something I'm just book smart which I think is a limit I think some think I'm too strong or let's not judge that I think people think I'm have a strong person not a strong personality like a strong sense of self and a strong like nothing rattles me I guess I should say or what's that phrase that I'm sure I will butcher when everyone when all the other chickens have lost their heads I'm the one walking around with my head still on I don't understand the expression, and I think that's partly right, but we'll see. And then I think others view me as a workaholic and too driven and too focused on my work and what I want to achieve for myself that I they don't think I have time for fun. But when you when you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, to quote the, you know, Great letter, Kenny. So then third, the general public. What I'm gathering from the general public, I think there's a broad view of how people view me. I remember in law school, a friend told me that someone else came up to her and said, this person said to me, I don't think Tessa would tell me that, or if that person asked me, Tessa, what time it was, I would reply, look at the sun. 
I don't think I'm like that, but I think because I am, I tend to be reserved and poised and quiet. I think that is often misread as, will not give people the time of day, which is not true in all of itself. And as always, says more about the person making the opinion than it does about myself. But I do understand that my nature of being reserved and poised can be interpreted in this way. Then I think there's some people, and I've heard it, say that I'm like this annoying version of, of Martha Stewart. Annoying to them because I think they think Martha Stewart tries too hard. I think Martha Stewart is amazing and should be heralded as amazing at all times. But I've heard myself described as if there was silver in the backyard, Tessa would figure out how to design her own flatware, mine the silver, design the flatware, and then process that mine silver into the flatware and market it exclusively at boutiques. And then there's store clerks who I think would have the and the others were, you know, people who have interacted with me in multiple settings. And then I've heard from store clerks. So remember store clerks? That was, you know, before coronavirus where we interacted more with our store clerks. I've heard them comment that they always seem me in a good mood or that I always have an easy smile. And I think that that's probably true because so little bothers me that it is usually a good time in my world. And I'd rather be smiling than not smiling. But now that we're wearing masks, we all need to learn to smile more from our cheeks and our eyes because I think too many of us relied on like these big plastic Hollywood smiles that like only affected our mouths and didn't affect the rest of our face. Whereas if you're actually happy, you know, a smile involves more than just your mouth. So if we have these different versions of ourselves, the one that I see that will say is the one that is unintentionally limiting myself. We have the view of my partner who sees me as completely capable and limit with limitless opportunities. And then the world who sees me as either, as we'll say, overly poised and overly reserved and industrious. So, how do we figure this out? I mean, naturally, I would rather just lead on this whole she's like Martha Stewart because, let's face it, Martha is phenomenal. She built an empire. She went to prison. She got out of prison. She bought her empire back with no liquidity. And then she built something greater, all while being phenomenal. And she has a television show with Snoop Dogg which are not two people that you would naturally assume would hang out. And yet, their banter and friendship is adorable. So I think that's the version I would like to attribute, but obviously that in and of itself would limit all my decision-making if I just went with that descriptor. So, then I have to think, what would my life partner say? He would say, you could be even more amazing than Martha. Because he would see no limits. So maybe the answer is that we're not one of the three. And we're definitely not 
the one that we keep hidden, like the Japanese say, as the true version, I think what we need to do is listen to all three of our versions, right? So we need to listen to the advice we get from ourselves. We need to think about our problems in a way as though other people, how other people view us, right? I'm not saying we need to go and ask for advice to everybody all the time, because obviously then you're never going to get anywhere. But instead, when you're working through a project and you've looked at it the first time as you would look at it and how you see yourself, you need to look at the project again a second time. But put, imagine that you are your the people who love you unconditionally and how they see you. And in my case, how would somebody who loves me unconditionally and sees no limits, absolutely no limits for myself, how would they view that project? And I need to do a better job of that. I need to look at the project, say like starting this podcast. I was probably very hesitant in it. My life partner was like, no, I think you need to share what you think and how you talk to people and how you help people with the world. So here we are. I listened to him. And then thirdly, I think we also need to look at the project from how the public sees us. And, you know, I think what I learned is that I'm overly, I think they view me as overly poised, right? Like Martha seems in her early career overly poised as well. And so I've taken the notes from my life partner who sees me as limitless and has allowed me to record in a way that seems more, I think he would say natural, how I would have a conversation with people who come to me for advice. I think it sounds casual and I think that's a me issue and how why should casual be something wrong, right? Like, I don't think this needs to be me writing some esoteric paper about advice. This should be me giving advice based on how, what I've seen in this world, my intuition, and my experiences. And so when I look at that, so let's boil this down to something cleaner than my rambling here. I'm starting a project, and let's say, hypothetically, it is this podcast, right? So when I looked at it first off, I thought, Ugh, what in the world do I have to offer? I mean, I can answer people's questions and offer advice, but me talking? Hmm, I don't even want to listen to my own voice, so how is this going to work? Then I looked at it through how the people who love me see me, and I realized, okay, I do help them. I do see the world differently than other people see it because of my experiences, and partly because I consider myself an outsider, I tend to be more observational. And I see how people move through situations and problems and opportunities. Okay, so I now understand that the limit I put on myself should be removed based on looking at this situation, the podcast, through how other people see me. And then finally... You know, if I then look at how the public saw me as overly poised, I think I started in a much more formal format, you know, the eight or so podcasts ago. I have no idea how many, so I'm just making this number up as we go along. Seems about like that. Could be more, could be less. Anyhow, 
And I took the notes from, you know, how looking at the podcast from how the public views me and how my life partner views me as capable of anything. And I realized I don't need to be so formal and overly poised. It can really just be a conversation. So here we are. They're a little more relaxed. We've moved forward, figuring out how to move forward in this time of new opportunities and this new normal. And I think it's going to turn into something a little newer. It's probably going to be more thoughtful than it was before. I think before the podcasts were very structured. I think it's it's going to be a little more free and it's certainly going to still be uh, positive and I was going to say rosy colored glasses but I don't think that expression fit there but it's going to be that optimism because I do think the new normal is full of opportunity. And now that I've said all this, I also think this is very similar to how I see businesses, right? And like how businesses should operate. You have how businesses treat their employees, which is a lot like how we treat ourselves or how we see ourselves. How businesses interact with the businesses they do business with, so their stakeholders. And I think that's a lot like how the people who love us view us, right? So how do stakeholders view the, the business? And then finally, how does a business interact with a community, which is the general public? So it seems like now that I've talked through all this, it's like how we view ourselves and how others view us and how the public views us helps us move forward with advice when we consider all three of them together. I think the same is true for business, right? Because the structure is very much the same. Businesses and their employees are like a A1 entity being like we are a one entity being and i think we can use the same analysis right because we want to know that we have a good view of ourselves at least we should because who else should champion ourselves besides us we want the people who are closest to us and who love us unconditionally to see the best in us so we want our employees to have see the best in us and that we see the best in them then we want to have good symbiotic relationships with our supply chain, just like we want to have good symbiotic relationships as individuals with the people who we love. And finally, we want the public to have a, you know, a view of us that is at minimum not bad, at best good. And I think that's how businesses want to be with their communities too, right? Like you want your community to have somewhere between a neutral and good view of you, right? Like, obviously, you don't want your community to think, oh, that's the, that's the business that, you know, closed down the old historic home at the end of the road. Nobody wants to be that person. So how do we get there? I think we get there by thinking about all three at the same time. We think of all three of our, all sides, three sides of ourselves, to get a full picture, businesses should think of all three sides of business to get a full picture. And that's how we move forward best. It's like almost like having a diverse board at a business, but you're doing it for yourself by considering all three sides. Or if you're a business, you're improving your thought process and you're improving your ability to succeed because you're taking a broader view of what needs to happen and it's not limited to just one c-suite 
person making decisions, just like it's not limited to how I view myself when I'm making decisions professionally. And then if we want to put this in the simplest of terms, let's just face it. There are plenty of selfish, arrogant bastards out there in the world. Let's just not be like them. And this kind of three-part analysis is easy to do. It's easy for me, it's getting easier for me to notice when I limit myself, which is my partner's view of me. And it's good for me to realize when I'm being, what I might classify, what could be classified as overly poised. And I'm just allowed to be a little bit more, I don't know if I want to say free, but allow more of my personality to show, perhaps, as opposed to me putting on my, let's cross my ankles and sit perfectly and quietly observe poise. Because let's face it, that's not the way the world works. Especially when you're a woman. Especially when you're a woman who wasn't born in the United States. You've got to stand up for yourself. You've got to stand up for who you are and who you think your vision is. And to do that in the best light possible, you've got to consider how you view a situation. How people who see you in the best light would view you in that situation. And then how the public views you in that situation. And when we do that, and we consider all three angles, you know what? We're not going to be selfish, arrogant bastards. Because we would ha we will have thought about the different angles. And we won't be making narrow-minded decisions that limit us. Because at the end of the night, it's my head that hits the pillow. It's my head that has to think about, do I feel good about the decisions that were made? And when I honestly view challenges or the starts of projects with these three concepts in mind, this kind of three-part analysis in mind, I think the best emerges. And then I continue to be flexible and continue along this same kind of thought process and everything turns out pretty okay. And I'm really happy with it. So until next time, let's be kind to ourselves and let's be kind to others.